the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whenever you come to church or whenever you open the Bible, your prayer should always be, Lord, soften up my heart so I can hear what you have to say. Give me eyes that see and ears that hear and a mind that understands the Word of God. And if you just pray that prayer and God softens up that heart, listen, listen, the deep things of the kingdom of God will indeed be revealed to you. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Good morning, good morning. It is good to see you today. The house is full, the house is full. Amen, amen. I want to preach to you on the subject of the stories, the sermons, the signs, and the salves. I'm going to do something a little unusual. I'm going to give you all four points right now. I want you to write them down. Here are the four major points of this particular period of Jesus' ministry. First of all are his teachings. It's what he came. He came and he taught. And uh, within those teachings, he had different methods. Of course, he was a rabbi. But one of his favorite things was to teach in parables. So that's the second thing I want you to write down. That's point number two. And then, of course, uh, the miracles that Jesus performed. Can't read uh, his story without understanding he was able to perform miracles. And then, of course, the many healings that took place in, in the Word of God. And turn to Matthew chapter 4. I want to read a few verses here as we get started. Matthew 4, verse 12. It says that when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison... He returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill, that's why this is all one long continuous story, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is a new beginning. And it says from that time on that Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Skip over quickly to verse 23. We'll read the last three verses here. Verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. I want you to write that down. 
When Jesus is preaching, it's good news. Hey, even if he tells you to repent, that's good. Because he's, he's, he's trying to do what's in your best interest. You're living in sin and he comes and says, repent. That's good. He's trying to get you on the right path. The word of God is good news. This is good stuff right here, all right? And it's all the story. It's all the story of God loving you so much. And even though we sinned, it's the story of redemption. It's the story of grace. It's the story of God trying to have a personal relationship with you. So if you're here today and you're discouraged and you're, you feel like you've been beat up by the world, get your nose in the Word of God and read the good news. Now write this down. Not only is the good news, it's the good news about the kingdom. That's what verse 23 says, that Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news about the kingdom. And if you've been with us, you see all, this, all these Old Testament panels over here, all the ones on, on your left, and a few of these on your right. The people lived underneath the burden of the law. They had to obey the law. And all the law proves is that you can't keep it. That's all it proves. Jesus comes along and he says, hey, no more of that legalism. Instead of living under the law, I've got a brand new kingdom. I've got a new way of life. I got a new message. It's a new kingdom. The kingdom of God is near. And the kingdom is a kingdom of love. It's a kingdom of grace. It's a kingdom of mercy. Now, if I asked you, would you rather live underneath the kingdom of law or the kingdom of grace, that'd be a great shout. I want to live under grace. That's the new kingdom. But do not make the mistake of thinking that the new kingdom is easier than the old kingdom. Because the new kingdom, in many ways, is even a higher standard than the old. I want you to go to Matthew 5. It's in that Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has begun to preach and to teach. We have his very first sermon. And as you read through Matthew 5, this is the new kingdom. This is it. He's, he's, He's telling you what it is. In Matthew 5, go to verse 21. I'm not going to put it on the screen. He says, Matthew 5, 21, you've heard that it was said to the people a long time ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. That's the old law. If you you murdered someone, it was going to cost you your life. You you had to die. But Jesus says in verse 22, I tell you that anyone who's angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Jesus says if you get angry at your brother, it's the same as murdering your brother. Now I want to ask you, which is the higher standard? Which is, uh, Jesus' standard is much higher. Look down at verse 27. Talks about adultery. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Yes, that was, in, that was one of the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery. Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who even looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her. The old law said you cannot commit adultery. Jesus says if you just look at a woman lustfully in your heart, it's the same. I ask you, which is the higher standard? That's why some people didn't want to be in the kingdom. Initially, they were there, but after they started listening to what he demanded, they they walked away because they couldn't live up to the standard of the the new kingdom. Uh, You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And the old law, if someone poked out your eye, you got to poke out their eye. Jesus says, I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Look at verse 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, the new kingdom, 
is to love your enemy and to pray for those who persecute you. If you want to know about the new kingdom, you need to read what Jesus has to say because he came to introduce the new kingdom. Now, of all the things that he taught, one of his favorite things was parables. You might have heard the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost uh, coin, the the parable of the fig tree, the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the vineyard, the parable of the good Samaritan, the parable of the rich fool, the parable of the persistent widow, the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus taught him parables. And out of all the 36, I want to look at the first one that he ever spoke. All right, we're going to look at the first one. It's in Matthew 13. I want you to turn to Matthew 13. And so the first nine verses, you have Jesus telling this story of a sower, a farmer who sows seed. He's got a sack of seed there, and he's just throwing the seed up near like this. He's a farmer. They all, they all heard that. He would tell simple little stories. So he tells this story about the farmer who throws the seed up in the air, and some lands on hard soil and doesn't take root at all. Some actually begins to grow, but the next day the sun comes up, and the withering, the hot, withering wind uh, just, it just collapses, can't grow anymore, withers away. Some begins to grow and these big thorns choke it out. And then some grows on good soil lands and it grows and multiplies a hundredfold. Just a little story. So in verse 10, the disciples, they don't even ask, hey, what are you talking about? They ask a different question. Their question in verse 10 is, Lord, why do you teach by telling these silly little stories. You got the one about the fish, you got the one about the coin, you know, you got the one about the fig tree. Why do you tell these little stories? And so Jesus, and starting with verse 11, he answers the question. I'll just show you one verse. He says this, that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. That's how he answers the question. I want you to write this down in your notes. Parables are earthly stories with heavenly meaning. That's an old definition. They're earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And look what Jesus says in verse 13. He says, this is why I speak to them in parables. He says, this is why I tell these little stories. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. He's basically saying, it wouldn't matter what I say to these people. Some of them get it, and some of them will never get it. Now, when he tells the story, it's just like me preaching here in church, literally. I can speak a sermon, and two people, one person walks out of here going, man, that is, I, I understood that. I, first time in my life I ever understood the Bible. And someone walks out of here and goes, man, I was confused the whole time today. What's the difference? The difference is your heart. The difference is what's in your heart. When you walked in here, did you have a heart to hear from God? Did you walk in here and say, Lord, which is really the whole point of that parable that Jesus was talking about, Lord, would you make my heart soft so when I hear the word of God that it will germinate and produce a hundredfold blessing inside my heart? You could get something out of it if you were sitting there going, Lord, it's the Bible. I want to read it. I want to hear it. I want to understand it. Whatever God says, it's why the journaling thing works. If you're really opening up that journal and saying, God, 
what are you saying to me? You'll hear from him if you have a heart to hear what he has to say. Amen? When you read through these 36 parables, okay, they're about the kingdom of heaven. It's about, they're either about love and forgiveness, and you probably should write in there the word redemption, because there's a lot of parables about things that are lost being found, being redeemed. A lot of the parables are about prayer. Over half, over half of the parables have to do with finances. And then I want you to write this word down, eschatology. Eschatology. And eschatology is kind of a fancy word. It comes from two Greek words. The first part is eschatol, which means last. Ology is the study. So it's the study of last. What, is, what are you talking about? It's the study of the last days. And so when you get your list of 36 uh, of these parables, some of them have to do with the end times. And if you are interested in that uh, and you have a heart to really understand, you will understand about the end times when Jesus teaches. I want you to look at these words in Matthew uh, 13, verse 16. It says, blessed are your eyes because they see. And Jesus says, blessed are your ears because they hear. And the rest of that parable, the rest of that text, Jesus is explaining. He then explains, you can read it, that that soil is your heart. And then he says some of it actually starts to grow and it begins to grow, but the things and the cares and the worries of the world choke, choke the life out of that plant. And I see that happening all the time, especially here in Southern California. People who come to church and, and love the Lord but all of a sudden, the world begins to choke out the life, your, the, the, the life of you. And then some of you, though, your heart is soft, and when the, the seed is sown, you listen, and you apply it, and you obey it, and there's a hundredfold blessing in there in the Word of God. So your prayer is this. Whenever you come to church or whenever you open the Bible, your prayer should always be, Lord, soften up my heart so I can hear what you have to say. Give me eyes that see and ears that hear and a mind that understands the Word of God. And if you just pray that prayer and God softens up that heart, listen, listen. The deep things of the kingdom of God will indeed be revealed to you. Now, the last two points, write this down. We have the miracles of Jesus and the healings of Jesus. And I have on your sheet 37 different times where Jesus performed a miracle. And I have 29 different moments where he healed. And I'm not talking in that number about the times that he did what's called mass healings where he healed an entire city. I'm talking about 29 individuals. I have on here that miracles are the supernatural power of God unleashed. And healings have to do specifically in regards to one's health issues. I've broken it out into individuals who were healed by demonstrating faith I have a list here of unique healings. I have demonic healings. There were 11 different times where Jesus healed someone who had demons. I also have 12 other examples where Jesus did what's called mass healings. The Bible says this in Matthew 11, verse 5. The blind received their sight. The lame walked. Those who had leprosy were cured. The deaf could hear. The dead were raised and the good news was preached to the poor. And whenever Jesus displayed his power, which you see over and over again, he's doing it for several reasons. First, to reveal that he is the Messiah. Write this down as fast as you can write. 
He did this to prove, to reveal that he was the Messiah. The second conclusion, when you see this power unleashed, he was proving that he was all-powerful, that there was nothing that he could not do. He was the Son of God. He was all-powerful. And that leads us to the third reason, and that is that he was proving that ultimately that he even had power over the grave, over the dead. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 11. We find in verse 17 that his friend Lazarus has been dead for four days. You know, whenever a person dies, their body immediately begins that, to, to decompose that process. Lazarus, his body, has been in the grave for four days. And, of course, Mary and Martha, his sisters, are all distraught because they think if Jesus had been there, he would not have died. And Jesus says these powerful words in verse 23. He said, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, well, I know, I know he will rise again in the resurrection. You know, I know that last resurrection, on the last day, I know, I, I got that. I, I, she was a believer. I, he'll, he'll rise on the last day, I, I got that. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And the next verse gives me the goosebumps. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked this question, do you believe this? And then he calls Lazarus from the grave, and Lazarus walks out of that grave fully and completely restored and healed, proving that Jesus has the power over the grave. And ultimately, write this down, it proves that only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Jesus says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I want you to look at that verse. This is in Luke 19. There's a little guy named Zacchaeus. We used to sing that song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Remember that song? I didn't know wee was a word until I went to Ireland. They actually used that word. This is my wee dog. There's my wee sister. There's my little sister. And Zacchaeus was this little short guy. He couldn't see Jesus, so he climbs up into a tree, and Jesus walks by, and he looks up, and he says, Zacchaeus, he knew his name. And I want you to know, God knows your name. Now, I do not know your names. Someone came out of church and said, you don't even know my name, last night. I said, well, I think it, I think it starts with an S. I figured I got a 1 in 26 chance, right? And, uh, and all day today, people have been walking out. Hey, pastor, my name starts with a B. That's all the people are telling me out front. My name starts with a But anyway, my point is that whoever you are, Jesus knows your name. He knows you. Because he came to seek. He tells Zacchaeus to come down from that tree because I'm going to your house. He goes to his house. Zacchaeus gets saved. Zacchaeus was a wicked, dirty, rotten thief and tax collector. And then a bunch of people started complaining. Oh, Jesus was over at Zacchaeus' house. He's a sinner. And then Jesus says, hey, that's why I'm here. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He sought me out. He saved me. And he sought out many of you, and he saved you. And, and I, I have to tell you the story as I close. A friend of mine 
He's 77 years of age. His name is Kent. He's a dear friend of mine. But I heard just recently that, that he had a test. They found a tumor behind his heart. And so they went and ran some tests, and he had cancer all through his body. And uh, they said to him, you have at best, this is our best, our best for you. You've got five months. So you better get your house in order. So he and his wife, they went about a cemetery plot. They'd never done that. They went out and had the gravestone made. And they, he said, how long does it take to make that? And the guy said, oh, maybe 60, 90 days. And he says, well, you better make it now. Just, I'll tell you right now, go ahead and get it started. They said he'd last five months. He lasted six weeks. And last weekend they called me and they said, hey, he's not doing well. Doctor said he had five, six months, but it doesn't look good. He wants to talk to you. So we had this debate. Do you want to talk Sunday night or Monday? And I said, now wait, your whole family's going to be there, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you all got to work on Monday. I said, so we'll do it Sunday. And I said, I'll be in my office at 5 o'clock. It's 7 o'clock in Des Moines. And let's, let's Skype. Can you Skype? We can Skype. So last weekend, in my office, 5 o'clock, Skype. There he is. He's still alive. He can hear me. Uh, he can't really talk, but he's squeezing, he's squeezing the hand when I ask him a question. He said, yeah, he hears you. He, call, he, called me, he calls me the rebounding reverend is what he called me. Uh, and he used to be a basketball player himself for Drake University. And so I prayed for him. I prayed for his family. And uh, he died that night at 1230. Had I waited till Monday, I would have never got to talk to him. And all that reminds me of is why we're here. It's why we sing. It's why we have church. It's why we give. It's why we serve. Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we live in the land of the dead. Every single one of us, we're going to die. And the doctor might say to you, you've got five months, and they're going to miss it by four months, or that you might get to live 12 months. But sooner or later, every one of us is going to die. And the only question is this, do you know for sure that if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And if you, don't know, if you can't say yes to that, you need to step forward today. Only Jesus can say. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. 
Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.